Hello, and welcome to episode 119 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. In this episode, we have a review of issues two and three of Secret Wars. Marvel's superhero Secret Wars, commonly known as Secret Wars, is a 12-issue limited series published from May of 1984 to April of 1985. The limited series was written by Jim Shooter with art by Mike Zeck and Bob Layton. This is your spoiler alert for issues two and three of Secret Wars. So if you don't want these comics spoiled from 35 years ago, please pause the podcast and come back after you've read this, read them. This is Matt, and I'm joined once again by Constructing Comics co special guest, Joe Deggs. Joe, before we go into a deep dive on these comics, why don't you give me your initial thoughts on issues two and three? Um, well, uh, issue two, I think we finally see some action. We see some uh, some fisticuffs with the with the Beyonders villain team and our heroes from Earth. Mm-hmm. I, I what I like about uh, I think the whole book is that you start to see that it's not just um, although the Beyonder had his idea of two fighting factions i like how you start to see little groups amongst the groups so the villains have the main villains then they have galactus doing his own thing you have doom doing his own thing very true yeah and uh, as we go through this we'll see how the heroes sort of separate uh, themselves a little bit sure um so from our last episode we were left on the cliffhanger at the end of one with the with the villains rushing the the heroes and we uh, two starts off with the aftermath of that 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 rush. Um, you know the the fight breaks out. Sure, and the uh, alien technology that Ken gave us a soliloquy about in issue one it comes into play here because mm-hmm. the villains seem to be uh, get the upper hand by using the alien guns and technology and sort of giant or mini at at device they had and. They seem to come out of the box and kick some butt, right? They hope they hurt the Hulk. They knock out Colossus, knock out uh, Professor X, Rogue. They don't knock out Lockheed. The Lockheed is he's he's there. He's fighting. He's 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 tough. True, true. And they keep on talking about the 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 flank, right? I think that the whole fight, Doctor Octopus is sort of like trying to have strategy, but the Wrecking Crew and Kang, they're not one for the strategy, right? Not, Not. not against Cap. He's 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 going to keep that flank covered. True, true. So uh, the the battle uh, continues. You know the the Hulk is there throwing rocks. Uh, Mister Fantastic is stretching. He's uh, he's helping people out. Uh, everybody's fighting. Uh, and then a few pages in, we sort of uh, we have Doom flying away, sort of thinking back about uh, the time that. He and Galactus tried to uh, to to go after the Beyonder after he made a statement. So Doom is reminiscing. They kind of have a little a little uh, page fifty three of the graphic novel has a recap of what happened in issue one. But then you also see you go on and you see Doctor Doom kind of go back to Galactus, and for the second time he tries to engage him. But Doctor Doom this whole time seems to have his own little uh, um, agenda if you will, which I think comes to fruition a little bit more as the book goes on. But if you notice Dr. Doom, since this starts, is like, he's thinking big. Like, he wants a piece of the Beyonder. He wants, he wants a bigger 
a bigger score in this in this whole fiasco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's he's explaining it, uh, and he's he's still sort of you know flying around, walking around Galactus, who sort of rises up and sort of walks away. Uh, you know, Doom pontificates. Uh, he walks into the base. Is this where he uh, he names the base Doom Base, or was that uh, previously that he named the Doom Base? I don't think he names it yet. I think eventually he becomes the. Uh self-proclaimed leader of the group and then they i think the the hero is named doom base yeah he's he's going into the base and he's 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 attacked by some drones um with a lot of uh tell don't show where he's explaining how he was able to tell how those drones were sneaking up with him on him with his uh with his armor um and he finds ultron and that's where we leave doom before we go back to the battlefield um you know, the, the, the fight's uh, going on. Uh, you know, Thor's hitting people with hammers. The Wrecking Crew is, is falling. Uh, you, you know, your little uh, at-at sort of mobile is uh, being taken out by the Hulk. Um, what do you think about this, uh, this fight scene we have here? So I, th- I want to comment on it because it, I think it's a little bit of a throwback. We have the uh, little square off between the Enchantress and She-Hulk. And I find it interesting for lots of reasons. You, I see a scene where the uh, Enchantress gives uh, She-Hulk a little back slap. And mm-hmm. She-Hulk sort of has a little blood on her lip and sort of wipes the blood off her lip with her hand, sort of complimenting Enchantress on her strength. I feel as if that's a very common scene in movies. I can name a number of movies where there's a fist of cuffs or a fist fight and someone gives someone a good pop and a little blood's drawn and it engages the person who got hit. The person who was like, ah, look, no, I see this is going to be something for real. Um, Officer and Gentleman has a scene like that where uh, I think Richard Gere's character was Mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. I forget the name of Louis Gossett Jr.'s character in that, but they have a big fight scene at the end. And I know Richard Gere's character draws a little blood on Louis Gossett Jr. And he kind of taps at his lip and looks at the blood as if to say, ah... I see this is a little more than I thought it was going to be. And I think a little throwback with uh, She-Hulk does the same thing here and then demolishes Enchantress with a uh, classic comic book punch. So I'm going to be the first person to ever draw a comparison to Officer and a Gentleman and uh, Batman v Superman. But uh, when Darkseid hits uh, Wonder Woman and she sort of like hits the... uh, she sort of hits like the debris and she sort of like regroups and she's like, Oh yeah, it's on. There's, there's a little bit of that there. There you go. So the first ever officer and a gentleman to uh, Batman v Superman comparison in the history of the world. Book it, put it in the books. How do you feel about on the top of page 59, um, the bottom caption of what She-Hulk has to say after she punches Enchantress? I feel like that is a older man trying to speak to to younger children and missing terribly. Uh, why don't you read that uh, word balloon for me, Joe? Well, the scene is a great punch by She-Hulk, not the Enchantress. And at the bottom she says, oh, wow, that was like tubular, you know, to the max. 
Yes, very, very true. And that is the last, uh, that is the last strike that we've, we see thrown in this battle. Um, afterwards, uh, there's the, the sort of our heroes are regrouping. We have some prisoners, uh, you know, there's the the question that's thrown out if they should go after the 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 villains as they scurry away, and and Cap for being the the great tactician that he is, he's like, nah, just just let him go. Uh, we we have other things to deal with right now. So um, he he lets them go, but he sends Storm out uh, to do some reconnaissance. And as she's flying away, she uh, she has lots of uh, inner monologue with herself about. Uh, how this new world allows her to, to fly so much easier. Thought bubbles. I know they're not um, too trendy in 2020. Yeah, you would have no thought bubbles in, uh, in, in a modern comic. So this is where you go. Um, so we, uh, we, we, you know, our, our, our heroes are regrouping, um, you know, the strategizing. Um, and uh and talking through some things i have a question for you on page 63 of the trade and once again we are using the trade that is uh one of the newer trades with the alex ross cover all right top panel mr fantastic he has uh the white part of his uniform there on 63 on 63 i'm sorry 61 61 Okay. You're, You're right. Yeah, All right. so you, you see Mr. Fantastic, part top part of his uniform, white uh, sort of collar to that uniform. Sure. Panel two, that is uh, a low V-neck that he's wearing with no uh, white collar there. So we have a bit of a continuity error there. I mean, you don't know. You know, it could be stretching. It could, it could, have, been, it could have been a little bit of a stretch action working. And he just – maybe he – Maybe he's stretching, and his his elastic skin is just folded over the collar at this point. You don't know what you don't know what he's doing there. That's 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 possible. Maybe he's uh, you know he's near cap, and he wants to be uh, you know measuring up, and as tall as cap is. Sure, sure. So, all right. So, uh, you know, no different than anything we've seen before. Uh, cap is uh, sort of holding audience and and telling all of our heroes, you know, things they need to do um wolverine out of character not hat he's 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 not, not, he's not listening to it um no. thor and and iron man fly away to sort of uh check out some things and uh on 62 of that flying away not to cut you off matt you can no, notice that um a little bit of a time capsule a very timely considering what's i would say what was the most recent popular show on tv um even torch uh asks Iron Man and Thor, do you guys think Cap's handling this right? Cap being Captain America. Mm-hmm. And Iron Man's response is, does Dr. J play round ball, Junior? <laughs> so, um, you know, who would you say, who do we say, who do we say on, on today's date in, in 2020? Insert X here play, plays round ball. Would you say Dr. J? Would you say LeBron James? Would you say Stephen Curry? Or would you say Michael Jordan? Play round well, ball. That's a trick question because I was I would always my answer is always Juan Dixon. 
no matter what year it is, it's always Juan Dixon. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I, you know, he played some round ball. Okay. So, um, moving on to, listen, nothing but thought bubbles, right? Magneto. He's just looking out the, uh, the window of his new sort of uh, cool fortress, and he's just taking in the storm. Not storm of the X-Men, storm of the atmosphere. Sure. Sure. Um, with some thoughts. So I guess if this was written in 2020, it'd just be kind of Magneto checking stuff out, right? There'd be no thought bubbles. would be like, yeah, there's Magneto just, just, just looking, looking out in the yonder. Yeah, so they, they might not be – they might be sort of internal monologue, which is somewhat more acceptable than the, than the thought bubbles. So ah. it's sort of like uh, tomato, tomato at that point. But uh, the other villains are making their way back towards the, uh, the fortress. Not not many left, right? Not many left after that uh, that brouhaha. Uh, it's just Molecule Man, Doc Ock, Absorbing Man, and the Wrecker. Yeah, and Molecule Man and the Wrecker need to have a discussion about their uh, their their color schemes because they they went with the same one. That they're uh, there's there's not that much variation there. I mean, I guess we'll do it now, but we're still going to at one point discuss the villains that didn't make it because I just think. It was such a poor, poor villain choice as far as who made the cut for, um, for the, uh, the battle world. I don't know who the, you know, who was, who was the um, Beyonders GM or AGM or, <laughs> or, or, or scout on the villain side? Who's the scout on the villain side? But whoever this guy was, I just think he need to make, need to make a move. He got some A-listers, but then, like, he missed, like, the B-list. He just went, like, A-listers and, like, D-listers. Yeah. Like, Where's the juggernaut, bitch? Right? Like, seriously. Like, I, I, anyways, we'll, we'll get into that later. So, uh, the, you know, there's the classic villains arguing with each other. They get zapped only to find out that uh, Dr. Doom is sort of reprogrammed uh, Ultron to, uh, to do his bidding. Um, after that, uh, you know, some of the villains sort of uh, bend a knee to, to, to Doom. There's, you know... We know that they're not a hundred percent, you know, along with Doom. Some of them just want to rest and have a nice meal, you know, and and that's that's enough to sort of, uh, you know, back down. Um, and uh, the, the you know, the, we get we get a brief uh, shot of the uh, the hero's base, but uh, Magneto sneaks in. Um, and is, is causing havoc. Um, I'd like to point your attention to panel one, two, three, four of page 67. So if Ben Grimm didn't have it hard enough, he's got rock skin, everybody makes fun of him. He's also a Mets fan. Like he, ha- he doesn't have it hard enough, you know, it's 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 difficult for him, and he's got to deal with being a Mets fan at the same time. Joe, it's that's a that's that's a lot to deal with. Nineteen eighty four Mets fan. Now there were there were some sweet times in the near future for Mister Graham, mind you. He might be off in space when all of this is happening. <laughs> Just so you know, so you say that as if um, we don't have insight as to what happens two years later. I'll I I, I will say this. Um, you know, 84 is when the Mets actually started getting, getting good. They made a run, made a real good run in 85, just missed the playoffs to uh, um, the Cardinals 
they might say the Mets were the second or third best team in baseball that year. But um, again, well, maybe me and you can talk about baseball on another podcast. That's that's very uh, true. Um, I'd like to go back up, go go back up a couple uh, captions on the same page though, because I think um, well, you know, I don't know if an apology is needed or we've come to find out that something that was a concern of yours, well, both of ours, and yeah. our last episode is addressed. Is addressed, right? You're correct. Uh, what would that be? Reed Richards and Cyclops, who seem to be, by the way, you know, kind of instant BFFs, right? You know, sort of like when you go to a bachelor party and you hang out with a guy for the first time and you hit it off and, you know, you're friends for that short, for that short while. And you didn't see him at the wedding and then you never see him again. But at the time, you're good buddies. Yeah, so um, they're going back and forth. And I guess it's just they're talking about uh, how they wound up on Battle World and uh, sort of sort of just some of the, the things that happened. Cyclops didn't go to the um, Giants' uh, alien transport in Central Park, just like none of the villains did. Um, and Reed Richards actually even said, he's like, uh, talking about Professor X said he wasn't in his wheelchair when he disappeared, though he arrived here in it. It's as though the Beyonder fixed little things that seem to be wrong or missing. So they kind of, kind of addressed it. What I think is that they wrote the first issue and then they write the second issue and notice one or two continuity issues. And Jim Shooter's right, you know what? About 30 years from now, there's a couple of a-holes sitting around doing 2020's version of a private radio station criticizing what I got wrong in the first issue. So let me throw this in here. Shut those a-holes up. That's what I He made the Beyonder the ultimate uh, deus ex machina to just sort of fix his uh, his story errors. I I can see that. Listen, we all use a little Beyonder these days, if that's the case. We all use some fixing. Okay. Moving on. So... um, you know, we're, you know, Magneto's in the base. He's, you know, he's, he's about to cause some havoc. Um, you know, two, two, two buddies, uh, Johnny Storm and, and Spider-Man are talking to each other. Uh, uh, Spidey Sense goes off and they, they go to check it out. And uh, they, they, they realize that, uh, you know, after some warnings go up and uh, the other heroes show up that they're dealing with Magneto, who uh, is uh, bending all the metal uh, to, to, to help him out. He doesn't quite do everything he needs to do, um, but he's, he's, he's done enough. Um, and as he's leaving, uh, the Wasp is uh, in hot pursuit. And uh, Magneto sort of forms a metal ball around her um and and takes off but uh you know our 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 troubled Mets fan here he's uh he has a bit of a transformation so what happens to uh our buddy uh Benjamin J Grimm over here well the thing whose main gripe in his life in 84 is the fact that he's this giant rock whatever you want to call it creature man rock creature Transform, transfers back to his human self. Doesn't know why. Doesn't know why it happened. But almost at the most 
inopportune time because at this point, he needs to be his super strong, super tough thing. Hold on to that metal ball that's got the wasp inside. The wasp, of the wasp and everything. But guess what? Doesn't know why. Does not. So I think in the Fantastic Four comic, like every, I think Reed is able to make Ben Grimm himself for a week each year. And so he sort of like gets to pick it and like, but Reed is not sophisticated enough to like cure it, but he can, he can give him like a seven day reprieve like every year. Um, so the, the, the beyonder is giving him a little bit of a special gift here. I get to be myself one weekend in January a year. You do. You do. I do. I'm sort of like my own version of Reed Richards letting me shut off my. And you often yell for some strange reason. It's clobbering time. Like all you're just like, we'll just go into a room and you just yell, it's clobbering time. And people have no idea what's coming next. <laughs> Here's the hope. And then I get to do it again, buddy. Yeah, if Reed Richards can uh, help us uh, with some some medicine, that uh, that might be uh, that might be needed. So this is the end of the issue. The the, the heroes are are taking stock of the things that have just happened. Um, they sort of have located Galactus. Um, you know, uh, they know that they've just been attacked by Magneto, and that is the end of issue two. So again, we're still sort of dealing with uh, the classic heroes versus villains fighting on Battle World. Uh, the Beyonder doesn't even speak to us in this issue. He's the he's the he's the big bad, and he doesn't even make an appearance or or speak to us as he did in issue one. Yeah, he's kind of uh, he has his chess pieces. And he's making his moves. I think he's kind of doing what Beyonder would do. He's sitting back and watching how things shake out. That was his initial plan. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's waiting to reveal himself. So that's going to take us into three. Uh, three, uh, Magneto, you know, this time he's not, he's not doing thought balloons. He's, he's, he's talking to himself as he, as he looks out the window. He's still really impressed with the atmosphere here on, on, on Battleworld. Um, he decides to uh, to relax in his fancy uh, lounge chair that he has in his uh, villain lair that's provided to him. Sort of calls that uh, metal ball to himself, and he uh, breaks it apart and outfalls the wasp. Uh, she's not so close to him right now. Uh, she decides to go full size for some reason. She thinks that that is a, that's a good idea. That's going to help her get around unnoticed um but as she turns the corner she sees our buddy uh magneto enjoying a glass of wine because you know the beyonder was like hey if i'm gonna set up these secret bases i'm gonna you know fully stock these guys it's like the 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 airbnb of the the marvel universe here um so i'm not quite sure what magneto's eating there it's either well what I don't know. It's like a sliced banana or something. I don't. I don't know. But he's 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 enjoying some. He's enjoying some wine until the wasp rudely blasts his plate away, um, and then they they have a back and forth. Uh, the the wasp and and Magneto. Magneto wants to do have a truce, 
Um, so Magneto's got somebody there in his base. What do you think about this, Joe? A little, a little bit of gamesmanship going on, right? The, uh, you wonder if, in hindsight, if, if the Wasp was his original choice as someone to kind of, um, I guess, sort of kidnap to, to come back with him and sort of make his truce. I don't think Magneto, uh, especially in the mid-'80s, was known for his, uh, his tact as far as negotiation. Um, but again, I think it also kind of shows sort of what's going on, the, the different uh, factions and the eternal struggle. Um, so, you know, I, did he have his uh, did he have his dalliance with um, with Rogue at this point, or was that uh, no. was that? So this is later, so that he wouldn't have chose Rogue. No, no. I mean, I think at the one point, if you really get into the history, and this would be tough. He 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 was in charge. He was in charge of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, mm-hmm. but that's that, that's long since passed. But I also don't I also don't think he was knocking on the door of being a, a good guy at all. Um, I think for the most part he was still seen as a villain. Um, although again, you know, the Beyonder Scouts put him in the in the good guy ca- uh, category. Um, but again, I think uh, you'll see some more in this issue. I think uh, not to be a spoiler, but I think. Um, some of the villains also approach him as far as having an alliance, and he had he had none of it. But I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting that he he chose the wasp. Yes. So um, Johnny Storm and uh, Ben Grimm, non Rocky Ben Grimm, are are talking. Uh, you know the 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 terrible storms uh, knock a rock formation off. That's that's going to, to, to crush the base. Um, but, uh, thankfully I'm assuming this is caps sort of, uh, guard duty detail. He's ha- he has Thor up there who, uh, bust a rock up. Um, she Hulk and, uh, Hawkeye are, you know, moving some stuff around, making some preparations. Uh, uh, Iron Man and Captain Marvel are, are doing some things. Uh, I love the fact that this is roller skate uh, Iron Man here. You know, the the top of Stark Tech is uh, to uh, to put some roller skates on the bottom of your boots and uh, propel yourself around that way. You didn't see that in any of the Marvel movies, the MCU. I remember seeing his roller skate suit. That there's always there's always a chance for a flashback. Fair enough. Uh, so, so Reed and, uh, and Cap have a bit of a heart to heart. Um, you know, Reed's dealing with some stuff. He's, he's away from his pregnant wife. Uh, Hulk, not so much of a help here. He's, he's, you know, he's giving Reed some guff, you know, telling him he's being a wimp and he needs to, you know, toughen up. Um, Reed needs to take a moment to, uh, to, to get some relaxation. Cap's like, yeah, go ahead and do it. As he's walking away, creepy Spider-Man is just sort of watching him and, and thinking to himself, um, you know, and then he starts swinging around and he comes upon the X-Men. So Joe, what do you think about the fact that the X-Men are sort of, uh, are heroes here, but they've sort of uh, found a section of the, the, the base to, uh, to, you know, get together and have a discussion. So again, I think uh, a common theme for the X-Men is always being sort of the outsiders, sort of mm-hmm. anti-heroes. 
and uh, be mutants. They were never truly accepted. I think they feel not even accepted in the superhero universe. So the, I think that's part of um, what the discussion's all about. They're always kind of on the outside. Uh, I think there's an, an allusion to that later on in this issue, but they're kind of, Professor X is kind of coming in and doing his thing and kind of calling the shots. And Spider-Man's being a little, he'll be a little bit nosy. Wants to see what's going on. Yes. Um, you know, this is laying the seeds. You didn't know this, but this is the, uh, the first seeds of AVX that are there. They're being laid here. You know, your, your, your heroes, uh, fighting your heroes in Avengers versus X-Men. This is, this is where, this is where it all starts. Wow. Talk about some foreshadowing. Yeah. So, uh, Spider-Man bust in, um, Xavier not using his wheelchair at the in this in this point he's uh he's relaxing just leaning up against the desk wheelchair not in sight a um, lot of fighting a lot of uh, Spider-Man um, you know giving people verbal jabs as as he fights them um, and it appears that he has the upper hand uh, but then he decides to to sort of make his escape. Uh, He's he's flying along. Reed's still sort of moping. He he comes upon him, uh, but he can't remember what just happened. Um, says, "Hey, it must not have been important." Swings away, and then we cut to Pre uh, Professor X, who sort of got his you know mental faculties with himself and was able to sort of um, you know psychically change. Spider-Man's thoughts to not remember what he just saw the X-Men discussing. Um, what do you think about that right there, Joe? Classic X move. I loved it, to be honest with you. You know, I think a 10-year-old me would have been pretty PO'd about Spider-Man kicking the crap out of the whole X-Men by himself. Um, being an X-Men fan and being somewhat uh, competitive at that young age. So I feel as if there's many times in this, in this um, series that... They don't give the X-Men too much credit as far as their ability in combat. Although they have some good wins, too. Um, but yeah, so that, that kind of... X does his thing and uh, wipes out Spider-Man's mind just in time. Yeah, not the first time that Spider-Man's going to be involved in a mind wipe, but uh, uh, that was more for everybody uh, as opposed to Spider-Man. Um, Fair enough. So... Uh, you know, our, our bachelor party BFFs, uh, Reed and, uh, <laughs> Scott Summers, you know, they, they, they talk to each other a little bit more, uh, but Scott gets summoned back, um, and awkwardly just runs away from, from Reed to, to get back to Xavier, who's, um, psychically talked to him. Um, you know, Cyclops gets back and, uh, the, you know, the X-Men seem to have their own ship now. Uh, so I, I think we're, we're going to see, uh, our heroes splitting up a little bit. Uh, do you think that's going to be the case there, Joe? And that's what's coming down the pike, more factions. Again, the X, the X-Men always kind of doing their own thing on the outskirts, not being part of the normal group. Um, Very true. Common theme and they're keeping with it. So, um, from there we cut to Magneto who's using his, ultra big iPad to, to have a FaceTime with Dr. Doom. Um, How do you feel about the Magneto Zoom, Magneto Doom Zoom call 
1984. I hope Zoom had the password to get into that thing, man, because he was he was texting Magneto. He's like, dude, I don't have the password. And Magneto's like, the password is I hate Xavier. Come on, you know this. <laughs> oh boy. So Doom wants to ally with Magneto. Magneto doesn't want to do that. So um so you know that alluded to alliance doesn't come through at this point. Magneto sort of leaves that Zoom call and he goes back to talk to the lady. He's invited over to his house by trapping her in a metal ball and uh bringing it back to his evil lair. So they talk. Uh, this gets really awkward, Joe. Um, they yeah. end up start. They end up start kissing each other. Um, I, uh, I, 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 Magneto's baby blues don't don't seem to be enough to to uh, swing the the tide to to start uh, sucking face with with him right here. But that's what start, starts to happen. You know, I mean, you can think that maybe you know she's the wasp feels kind of trapped and she's maybe just doing a little acting to kind of get the upper hand. Um, but again, you don't know you, you, the, the, the history of Magneto just being a pretty much an a-hole makes you kind of second guess the, the wasp, the wasp the, the decision as far as, as far as, far as that went. But yeah. then again, you know, 1984 too, right? Yeah. Not, not always um, so, so the creepiness factor continues uh, as Doom. We we cut to Doom, and Doom is walking, and he's got uh, he's got some ladies. Uh, they're sort of in sort of genetic uh, manipulating uh, machinery, uh, and then Doom does some stuff. And I I have to admit I'm completely confused on page eighty seven. This lady that we see who's sort of in flames, who is this? So I think, if I remember correctly, and this is going to be really from my mind, they, um, a suburb when, when the Beyonder made Battleworld, he took mm-hmm. places from different, different planets, and he took a suburb of Denver with him. So there's like a little section of Earth on this planet. And Doom got these two um, normal, non-power females from that area. And then he created these villains with the alien technology that he talks about allowed so much. And I think their names are uh, Volcania and Titania. Yeah. All right. So I think Molecule Man is from Denver. Does, does that make sense? That I don't remember. Okay. I don't remember that. But I do th- remember reading the book, and I think um, they address where they came from later on. Okay. Um, I will give one ounce of credit to this, where I think uh, we talk about. Um, I always thought that uh, the beloved Stan Lee was always somewhat uh, ahead of the curve when it came to social justice and social rights, and I think uh, you know, um, Titania immediately becomes the strongest member of the villains group. She is. Uh, becomes their, I won't say strong man, strong person, uh, automatically. So, good on. Yeah, no, that's that's very true. And uh, I knew about the uh, absorbing man Titania 
relationship, but uh, this looks like this is the start of that right here. Like I, I encountered them mostly in, in Spider-Man comics uh, after this, but uh, as a couple, but this seems like this is where this, this started. Sure. Sure. And then that's his doom also kind of adding to his, um, to his people that are on team doom. I mean, let's be honest. Someone already tried to kill him once. Um, he, he got Ultron, he got Ultron on his side. I'm sure he doesn't trust the current crew of the record, Dr. Octopus, Derby Man, Molecule Man. But now he adds two more um, strongies to his group, helps him out. Yeah, and uh, you know, what you said makes a little bit more sense now that I flipped to page 90. So the, the, the other lady um, is uh, sort of hanging out with uh, Molecule Man. And if maybe Molecule Man and these, these two uh, females um, are from that section of Denver that was taken to, to Battle World for some strange reason. Well, I think uh, we'll have to stay tuned and find out. We, we will. Uh, so after that, as we're getting close to the end of this, uh, Thor is uh, walking through the prison. Uh, we see some of the guys that they've, they've captured. Uh, and for some strange reason... For Cap, you know, he, he, he's got such a great uh, strategic mind. He's like, uh, I'm going to send this one dude by himself to deal with the Entranchers because she's not going to be able to use any charms on him or anything like that to sort of manipulate him. So I'm just going to send one dude on his own. Um, so Thor goes down there uh, and... Uh, talks to the Enchantress. Um, it doesn't really, at this point, doesn't really go bad, but uh, I have a feeling it might go bad. But uh, at this point, everything is okay. It also seems that, like, if you read on, it's kind of like, uh, given the fact that the Enchantress is from Asgard, that Thor feels as if that they have a kind of a, you know, understanding. And he, he kind of basically says to her, listen, you're from the hood. I need to talk to you, someone who I can relate to. Um, never mind that you're a bad guy and have tried to kill me and my father, you know, a couple dozen times. That's neither here nor there. Right now, you're from Asgard. You and I need to talk. So I'm not saying that the Enchantress's charms wouldn't work so much on Storm or Rogue or, or She-Hulk, you know, because obviously equal opportunity, they, they, they would. Um, but, uh, you know, they, he could have sent somebody else down there. True, true. But he didn't send, he didn't send Spider-Man because that, that wouldn't have gone well. Spider-Man would have, would have fallen for that, like, right away. Sure, sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, the Hulk is, is doing some stuff. Uh, he sort of, uh, you know, is, is, is thinking through some things. Cap uh, wakes up knowing that something's going to happen and uh, a ship is uh, flying towards our, our heroes. It, it crashes into to the base and much as we ended uh, issue one, here we are at issue three. We have another, we know that we have another hero villain battle. So Joe, what do you think about the fact that we're here in issue three, sort of circling back to, uh, the, to the same battle? 
So what I find interesting is the observation is during this battle, the, um, the, uh, the She-Hulk is by far the hardest working person in Captain America's base. Because once again, she's carrying large materials somewhere, some, somewhere. And I think it's probably the third or fourth time that we've seen her actually um, doing some work. Yeah, I mean, Spider-Man has the, the, the proportional uh, strength of a spider. He can carry stuff. Yeah, no. You know, we, we, you know, we have, we have uh, Bruce Banner Hulk just sort of sulking and, uh, you know, making, like, snide remarks to read every five seconds. He could pick some stuff up. Sure, Thor, sure. Thor can pick some stuff up. Like, why does she have to pick everything up? She's doing all the work. She's doing all the work. You know, these, these, we need some people to, to pick up the slack here. So yeah, so the battle ensues, right? I think the two new um, villains, uh, Titania and Volcania, they came in um, kind of hot, no pun intended, <laughs> and uh, they're, they're kicking butt left and right. They are. They nail, they nail She-Hulk. They the torch, basically the, the 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 members of the Fantastic Four that are there. Titania takes care of all of them. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Ock comes in. He takes out Captain Marvel. Yeah, I mean, Captain Marvel before this was just sort of chilling in the, 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 the sauna, which was very nice of the Beyonder to equip them with a, with a, a, you know, a nice relaxing sauna and, and hot tub in, their, uh, in their, 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 their base there. And again, maybe they're working in shifts. Maybe they're not. All I know is that She-Hulk's moving heavy material, putting work in, Captain Marvel taking a tub. So, um, you know, Hawkeye, Hawkeye's there. He's, he's trying to, he's trying to save the day with his bow and arrow, you know, against, uh, you know, super villains. Uh, you know, he does a little bit, uh, to distract, uh, Doc Ock who, you know, pulls up a wall to, to take care of that pesky arrow. Uh, you know, Spider-Man swoops in, he tells Iron Man, you know, hey, there's trouble. Uh, I need your help. And Iron Man replies, "Hey, I'm coming, man. As soon as I can get my armor on. This is not your. Uh, this is not your Marvel U sort of Iron Man armor that goes on really quick. This takes. This takes some time to get on." You think when he put his armor on, that included him putting on the roller skates? He's like, he's like, I look. I know Ultron's out there. I'm not done putting on my armor. I still need to add the roller skates. Yeah, so um, I think that those are in the boots because he didn't bring two sets of boots <laughs> with him, right? So he's he was only west away with one set of boots. So luckily, he got the roller skate boots. For all you know, the Beyonder, you know, in his in his room with his own hot tub and personal shower, and alien bananas and wine. There'll be a couple pair of boots in there too. You don't know. The Beyonder hooked it up. You don't know. You don't know what he has. He had some time to plan this out. Other than the fact that he, he picked terrible villains, he, he planned everything else out pretty well. True, true. So, so we're about on our last page here as, as we finish up. Uh, so, uh, you know, Iron Man got dressed. One panel later, he gets uh, kaboomed by uh, Ultron, who he may have created. Um, so, you know, Spider-Man, Ultron, they're out. Uh, Hulk flies in. 
uh, you know, battles are, 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 are going on. And this is the last page of uh, issue, uh, issue uh, three here, Joe. So as we finish up, uh, tell me what you think about what's going on here. Well, yeah, I think the last thing is like, right, they, they, they break out the, um, and it, it wasn't too detailed, but almost the, the second to last uh, caption on 96 of the novel, they break out the remaining villains, right? Kang and the rest of the Wrecking Crew. They get they get busted out of the old Cusco, uh, so that's, I, I yeah, guess. that's that's very true. Uh, you would think the way that these you know these people have been telling us every thought, every move they've done out loud, you know, somebody had been like, "I broke you out, Wrecking Crew. You are now leaving the base." But here they just discreetly make this figure this out on her own, um, or a thought bubble, right? Like someone thinking thinking of thinking about it out loud. Yeah. Um, so again, I think, I think it's wrapping up. So, right. So I guess like, uh, officially the book's a quarter of the way done of a 12 of a 12 issue series. Mm-hmm. I think there's, there's been some good action. I think they laid some good groundwork. Um, I do think, uh, the best is yet to come in pages, uh, four, five, six, seven, eight. Um, I think, uh, 10 year old mid eighties, me would be anxiously awaiting the, uh, the August book that probably came out in late July, but here or no there. Yeah. They were usually, they were usually listed a month before right. they, they, they came out, but that's, that's, that's for nerds. Like the only nerds would know that. <laughs> so um, yeah. And you know, here we are at the quarter point and we haven't seen the beyonder yet. We haven't seen the big bad. We, uh, you know, we have yep. our villains and our, our heroes still still fighting it out. Um, and we have yet to see the menace, the imposing menace that the, 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 the Beyonder is. Um, he'll, he'll, he'll be showing up sometime soon. We can only hope. We can, we can only, only hope. hope. You know, what would be the ultimate uh, sort of switcheroo is if the Beyonder doesn't show up at all in Secret Wars. Or he shows up in Secret Wars Two in a Michael Jackson jumpsuit, but that's, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil anything. I don't want to spoil anything. That's 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 for the next uh, series of uh, podcast. All right, so Joe, that's gonna do it. We 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 finished up uh, issues two and three. Um, tons of action, tons of thought bubbles, uh, <laughs> some dudes not being nice to some ladies, uh, just. Uh, general uh hey you know just just be a nice just you know even if you're a villain you can you you can be thoughtful at times you don't have to be you know you know you're magneto you've been through a lot the wasp has been through a lot just you know just just take it easy a little bit man i mean i i think i think we just know that magneto doesn't deserve the wasp let's be honest I mean, she is a world-class hero, leader of the Avengers, has saved the world dozens of times. She just, she just deserves better than Magneto. That's, that's, that's my take on it. That's, that's my take on it. Well, she deserves better than, than Hawkeye, too, because, you know, Hawkeye, uh, he's, got some, uh, he's got some check marks on his past. I, I think we'll do another podcast on who'd be good for the Wasp. Yeah. At, another, at, a, at another time. Awesome. Uh, 
Um, I will say this a little uh, prelude. Um, especially issue four of Secret Wars has one of the most classic moments in all of comic book history. Oh, suspense, making people tune in for the, for the next podcast. I like it. Yeah. That's good marketing by you, Joe. Thank you. That's what we do. What All we right. Do. All right. So I think we're going to wrap it up. Uh, you know, this is, this is Secret Wars 2 and 3. Uh, this, is, this is really good. Um, enjoyable, but a lot of the same. But, uh, you know, thankfully everybody, every step of the way, told us what they were thinking and what they were about to do. So that, was, that, 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 that made it easier for us, the reader. So uh, next episode, we'll, we'll break down another two. So that's going to give us uh, four and five, right? Yep, we'll do four and five. Uh, and, the, and the way this goes, we do two every time. We'll have one episode to devote to the last episode by itself, as well as the, the um, epilogue of this great series. Awesome. Well, I, I had a lot of fun. Um, I, I enjoy talking about this, um, and I, I, you know, as we close, I, I feel really bad about Ben for Ben Grimm because uh, not only does he have to deal with that rocky exterior, he has to deal with the fact that he's a Mets fan, and that's that's just a lot to deal with. So, it's not right. It's not fair, but it's accurate. Real quick, just pick. Uh, I'm gonna throw out a superhero, and you tell me what team that 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 you think that they like. Tony Stark. Brewers. At this point, yes. <laughs> Steve Rogers is probably a Yankees fan, unfortunately, right? Sure, sure, sure. Well, I think we have to. I think we have to end it here on the uh, Steve. Ro- or, or, sorry, Tony Stark is a Brewers fan, so he's he's got his own demon in a bottle to deal with later. <laughs> if you have to edit that, I understand. No, no, it was <laughs> I, that I, never I, makes <laughs> that never makes it to the to the mass public. No, that, no, no, that that was that was great. I I I thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> it was it was a, it was a Buster's moment. So all right, so. You know, if you like listening to guys talk about comics from 35 years ago, please uh, go whatever on whatever podcasting service you use and give us a rating and review. Um, if you want to follow the podcast, we are on Twitter at ConstructComPod, Instagram Constructed Comics Pod, Facebook and YouTube is Constructed Comics. And we'll be back with a, another episode very soon to break down more issues of Secret Wars. Thank you. Be safe.